0: I wanted to share with you, um, maybe today, from uh, Colossians um, chapters uh, 4. Uh, if you open Colossians chapter 4 with me, please. Um, and I'm going to read verses 2 through 6, but I'm going to um, be preaching from verse 2. Um, So I'm going to be reading the the passage uh, from verses 2 through 6, Colossians 4, 2 through 6. And uh, we'll pray and then we'll um, look into the the passage in more detail. Um, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up uh, to us a door for the word, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will uh, know how you should respond to each person. Um, uh, read Hebrews ten thirty thirty one, and it it says it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God, isn't it? Uh, God in the Old Testament we read, and it repeats uh, Jesus repeats these words in the in the New Testament. He hardens uh, uh, people's hearts. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. That is. Uh, uh, or at least my understanding of it is that he gave up uh, Pharaoh to his own sin. It's like a, um, a dog that you give him more leash. And you just let him enjoy his, his sin. Jesus spoke similar words to the Jews who rejected his, his message. In, in John chapter 12, uh, without, you don't have to go there, but I'll just read these um, verses to you. Um, John chapter 12 and verse 37 um, says, But though he had performed so many uh, signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. They kept rejecting Jesus, even though he did so many signs, so many miracles to prove that he is the Son of God, he is God. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah, the prophet, which he spoke Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could, could, not be, could not believe. For Isaiah said again, he has blinded, God has blinded um, their eyes. And he hardened their heart so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be con- uh, converted and heal, heal them. Um, God brought the plagues on, on Egypt, 10 of them. Exodus 7 through 12. Under the reign of Hezekiah, King Sennacherib, king of Assyria, he defeated Samaria in 722. And he thought like, oh, I can just go to Jerusalem and defeat Jerusalem and destroy it. But God stopped him. And that night, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers were killed by an angel that night. And Sennacherib returned to Nineveh and his own sons killed him. Um, But probably the most terrifying, the most daunting uh, thought is uh, to fall into the hand of a living God before uh, the judgment seat of uh, the great white throne. In Revelation chapter 20, um, he says in verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne. And, and him who uh, sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Every, all the uh, unbelievers, they will be flying away from, from God, but they can't hide. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book were, was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things which um, were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which uh, were in it, and the death of, and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if any one name was not uh, found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The healthy fear of the Lord should motivate us, should uh, um, give us a burden in our hearts to reach the lost, to be um, looking for opportunities to preach the gospel, to share the, the truth. This uh, passage in Colossians chapter 2 through 6 talks about um, a prayer for the prayerfully um, reaching the lost. He, uh, in verse uh, 3, he says, pray at the same time for us as well that God will open to us a door. And in verse um, 4, that, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak, speak the truth of the gospel. In verse 5, it says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of opportunities. Um, so it's, it's very clear that this passage is talking about um, reaching out to, to the lost. And I pray Lord, that uh, the Lord will help us today to see uh, some of the obstacles that would stand in, in, in our way to uh, be a better evangelist, a better um, proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us, let us just pray for a second that the Lord will open our hearts, the Lord will Lead me as I communicate the truths of this passage. Um, Lord, I pray because you are the sovereign Lord and the sovereign king over the whole earth, over our hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give us um, a burden in our hearts as we learn from your truth our hearts would fill, be filled with desires to reach out to the lost. That we will not be indifferent, that we will not be um, callous to the truth. But that you would uh, move our hearts to have that heart of Christ. To reach those who around us who don't know Christ. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray, Amen. If um, I want to outline this uh, this text of uh, uh, verses two through six, I would probably divide it to three uh, main sections. Uh, the the verse two speaks about the preparation for prayerful evangelism, removing any obstacles to reach out to the lost. Uh, verses three and four speaks about the content of prayer for evangelism. He uh, mentions three things. He uh, talks about open door and that uh, we need to pray before we go to the lost that God will open a door for us to, to reach the lost. Uh, he speaks about in verse uh, uh, 3b uh, about speaking boldly. Uh, he said, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ. That we would, we, we would speak without fear um, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, thirdly, in verse um, 4, he says we, we, should, we ought to pray about speaking in, with clarity. That I may make it clear in the way I ought to uh, speak. In um, verses uh, 5 and 6, it speaks about the convictions of a prayer for evangelism. There's at least two convictions That uh, evangelism is uh, intentional and strategic. If we're not intentional about reaching the lost, it will never happen. If you're not thinking about the lost, you will never reach the lost. He says in verse 5, conduct yourself with wisdom. The word conduct is uh, in the gospel. It speaks about uh, Jesus walking from this place to another place. It's a movement. But in in the epistles, it talks about the... um, a way of life, your daily life. You're going to work, you're going to the market, you are thinking of the lost. How can I speak the truth to, to, uh, in the, into their lives? That we need to conduct our lives, our daily lives, with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. That we are creating opportunities to reach to the lost. Um, we need to uh, invite people to lunch and uh, coffee and, and to be intentional about what we speak and what we share. And uh, secondly, the uh, second conviction is evangelism is thoughtful. Let your speech always be with grace, filled with the grace of God. That we experienced as we got saved, experienced the power of the, the grace of God as it changes uh, into holiness, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. But I wanna focus on the preparation of prayerful evangelism, to removing any obstacles in our way to reach the lost. Um, in verse two, he gives us three. Obstacles uh, that stands in the way of um, being effective evangelists. Being effective um, people who reach the lost. Um, in the first section of verse uh, 2, like 2a, devote yourselves to, to prayer. It's a, our persistent failure in temptation sucks the life out of us. Doesn't it? Your constant thinking of sin um, and defeat of sin you're just consumed with uh, with on with your own failures falling in sin and bringing uh, being consumed with uh, your own failure of sinfulness sinful behavior habits it drains your life and my life rubs your joy takes away your happiness it creates depression uh, and ungodly sorrow sadness and grief that breaks the uh, the soul Becomes this heavy burden over our uh, over our hearts that it's hard to overcome. Uh, in Psalm 32, when uh, David, <clears throat> after probably uh, nine nine months, maybe maybe a year, that um, unconfessed sin when, when he sinned with uh, with Bathsheba, and he said, "When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long." For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vigor, my vit- vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. But Paul, um, David in chapter 51, he uh, um, repented um, and turned to, attend to God. And God gave him this renewed joy in his, in his um, um, salvation. We wanted to experience uh, sorrow, godly, godly sorrow, that leads us to repentance, as Paul says in Second Corinthians, um, chapter seven. Let me just read these verses um, to you. Second Corinthians seven, nine, and ten. It says, "I know, I, I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance." For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in, uh, in anything uh, through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produce, produces repentance without regret leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. This is what a lot of us uh, experience sometimes. It's the sorrow that does not lead to life. The sorrow that does not lead us to repentance. The sorrow that does not bring the joy of God in our hearts. I, I love the story of Isaiah 6. When he saw the majesty of the Lord and the glory of, of, of God. He uh, says, woe to me that I, I am a sinner. And I live among a people who are sinners. But God um, in his confession, in his uh, asking the Lord, Lord I agree with you. That my sin is so great. My sin is so um, aff- offended you. And that God forgave him his sins. The seraphim came and, and put a charcoal on his lip. And then God says, who shall we send? The one that's dedicated to God. The one that experienced the joy of, of the forgiveness and uh, the, the, the one humbly repent. God will, will use us. God will commission, as we allow ourselves to humbly pray and allow the standard of God's holy character to confront our sinfulness. We are more ready to be used by my God. Paul gives us um, in in uh, Colossians four the remedy to assist uh, the devil uh, to assess, uh, resist the devil and stand against against temptation. He says, "Devote yourself to to prayer." This um, Verb uh, devote is uh, is a present active imperative tense. It's uh, the the simplest uh, present tense in, in Greek is uh, always continuous. That we uh, need to continue to devote ourselves. It's not a just one-time event. That uh, we need to devote ourselves continuously to this a- uh, this action. Um, it's translated in the ESV continue steadfastly. Um, used in the in the New Testament ten times. Um, um and it's it's uh, always like six times of those 10 times it's always speaks about prayer and connection to uh, to prayer like for example in acts uh, uh chapter 1 it uh, speaks about the apostles um and mary and, and bro- the brothers of of jesus praying and uh, they were devoted to to prayer um Acts 1.14, <clears throat> it says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his uh, brothers. And in uh, chapter 2 and verse uh, 42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to, to prayer. This is the was the practice of the early uh, early church to pray, and we are commanded to 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 also pray in that in that manner. In Romans twelve twelve, it says, "Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to to prayer." Um, We are to devote uh, ourselves to to persistent uh, to be persistent in, in prayer. This uh, verb has also the idea of uh, persevering. It's sometimes translated uh, pray perseveringly or pray persistently, never giving up praying. This verb means to continue being uh, doing something, putting forth intense effort and possibly implying in spite of difficult difficulty. Prayer is where we start. Prayer where the battlefield begins, isn't it? How is your prayer life? Uh, John Owen says, if we do not abide in prayer, we will abide in temptation. Let this be one aspect of our daily intercession. God, preserve my soul and keep my heart in all its ways so that I will not be entangled. When this is true of our lives, a passing temptation will not overcome us. We will remain free while others lie in bondage. God has given us the formula for healing. Come to the throne of God. Prayer is not a spiritual luxury. It is essential for growth. Prayer as vital to one's spiritual health as breathing is to one's physical health. Should be uh, continual without ceasing. In, in Hebrews, I love the um, passage in Hebrew. Hebrew Hebrews uh, 4, it speaks about the, approaching the, the throne of God. And on what basis, on the basis of the high priest, who is Christ Jesus, who uh, intercedes uh, for us, in verse uh, um, Hebrews four and verse 14, it says, "Therefore, since we have a great High priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our, our confession." Christ's uh, atonement was one and uh, once and, and forever. We don't have to repeat the, the um, atonement of, of Christ. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. You would maybe think that um, if Christ never sinned and he's, he's the uh, God and the, and the man, um, it's so hard for Christ to understand the depth of uh, my struggles in this, in this sin. But really, if you think of it, if you're in a marathon and there's two people want to encourage you and motivate you and kind of uh, help you along, along the way. Would you want uh, someone who won the race or the one who got into the race but uh, failed in, the, in the, maybe uh, the first uh, two miles or something? You want someone who finished the race. As you go, approach the mile three, he would say, I got there. I was there. I, I understand what your struggle. And Christ went through temptation, but did not fail into sin. He understand. He can sympathize with us. And based on that, in verse 16, he says, Therefore, with all confidence, let us draw near With confidence to the throne of grace. Because that's where we find mercy and grace. Help in time of of need. Um, In order God to to use you. In order God to uh, um, help you to be a great evangelist. He needs to free you from the guilt of sin. Repent. Come to the throne of God. Let him uh, overwhelm you with his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. Um, number two, um, Paul says the second obstacle in our lives is uh, the entanglement with uh, with the world. Our entanglement with the world. He says keep keeping alert in it in the in the prayer. The verb keeping uh, alert uh, in the ESV it's being watchful in it. Means to be watchful, to be vigilant, to be attentive, to stay uh, awake, to remain alive, to be alive, to be watchful, on alert. About what? That's the, the, the important question. Is to be alert and aware against spiritual drowsiness caused by attention to the to the world. That's how it's this word is used in the New Testament. In uh, Matthew 24 and verse uh, 42, it says, "Therefore, be on alert." For you do not know which day your your Lord is is coming, and he uses uh, uses this verse in the context of uh, Noah and the the people that were living at the time of of Noah. They were um, in Matthew twenty four. I'm just going to read the surrounding text. Um, he says. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women with, will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. This is, you know, verses 40 and 41. is not talking about the, uh, the rapture of the church. Talking about the judgment. Uh, as Christ comes to set up his kingdom. That uh, God will take those who are unsaved from, from earth. But... Uh, Notice in verse 38, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving to in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they were faced by surprise. The judgment came and took them, took them all. Are you involved in the, in the world? Are you entangled in the, in the world? Um, is the world consuming your time and effort? All, right. it's your, all of your thinking is uh, just uh, uh, about worldly things, don't we um, know about our phones more than the gospel? <laughs> if I tell you what's the, some of the basic features of your phone, you will immediately tell me this is the, the camera has this uh, uh, features and the, and the phone has this uh, like many storage and so on. Not very familiar with my phone, but um, we know more about technology than we uh, we know about the gospel, don't we? We know um, we can say things about our laptops, iPads, iPhones—more things than uh, we can share about what the truth of the gospel. When it comes to the gospel, we struggle through its concept. Even though the gospel sets us free. The gospel encourages our hearts uh, in times of trouble. Uh, As Paul says, you know, uh, to Timothy, he says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. For as you do this, you will uh, ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear us. The gospel is not just uh, the has the power of God to to save. The gospel has a power to save us, to sanctify us. Uh, as we think of our the struggles that we many of us uh, you know struggle with is our uh, how we look and uh, how beautiful are we. Um, as we think of the that we are created by God, Genesis one one, and created not but only by God. Created in his own likeness, in his own image. If you think that you are ugly, God thinks that you are beautiful. Um, we are sinners, totally and completely depraved. Romans 3.23, we share it with the lost all the time. But we should share it with ourselves as well. That the standard of our holiness is God himself. For all have sh- fallen short. the glory of God God glory is up here and we all fall short of the glory of God the standard of of our holiness is God himself it's not the pastor it's not the church and it's not the believers in the in the church it's God it's God's holiness is our standard let us spend time in understanding and knowing the gospel let us uh, just, uh, when we speak about the gospel, let it come out naturally as we talk about the truth of, of the gospel. Thirdly, so the first thing is to be consumed with your temptation. Secondly, to be, um, to be alert to not being entangled into the, the, the world. And thirdly, as Paul uh, stated in, in his last word, in the Greek, with an attitude of thanksgiving. Our predominantly attitude is uh, complaining, isn't it? Our lives is, is filled with, with complaining. We are grumpily, uh, complaining, grouchy more often than we would want to admit. But all of All people should not be thankful. He was in prison. He was in prison for two years while he was writing uh, this letter and other, another three, three more letters. Um, we are full of complaining about anything and everything. We complain about our cable TV. or internet connection is lost for a few minutes. Um, we complain about water. Taste, it tastes funny. We complain about lengthy waits in uh, drive-throughs. We complain about 40 hours work, weather, flying, the toilet seat being left up, Facebook statuses, typos, typos, and grammatical errors. Something, um, someone liking us too much. Mondays, waking up in the morning, waking up in the morning. Lamentation three twenty-two-twenty-three. 23. The Lord loving kindness indeed never ceases. Doesn't that stir your hearts to be thankful to the Lord for his goodness and kindness in your life? The Lord loving, loving kindness indeed never ceases. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Colossians 1 um, he speaks about our salvation, how we were transferred from death to life, from a dominion of um, darkness to the kingdom of the, of the Son of, of God. It, um, in verse uh, chapter 1 and verse 12, he says, Giving thanks to the Lord, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. I understand this passage is talking about that God maybe gave us new life. That you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are born again. He qualified you to be part of the um, inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We were unaware that we were in darkness. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. But God in his mercy, in his loving kindness, in his compassions that never ceases, never fails. He draws to himself. He transferred us from the d- dominion of darkness and uh, to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17 also speak about thank- thankfulness. Thankfulness. Um, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in a word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God, the father. We should be people who are thankful. We should always rejoice in the Lord. That he saved us, he gave us new life, that he walks with us. Emmanuel, that's why we call our, our son, called our son Emmanuel. The God is with us. It's our time to stop complaining and go proclaiming the God, good news to the lost. You have so many blessings. Count your blessings as the song says. God wants to use us. God wants to proclaim the truth of the gospel to the world who is lost, uh, through you. So may the Lord free you from, prepare you for prayerful evangelism, that you would go out free of any obstacles and preach the gospel, proclaim the truth of God's, God's true, uh, word. Let us pray um, together. Lord God, I pray that you would uh, free us from any obstacles that would or will stand in the way of proclaiming the truth and the gospel to those who are around us. Lord, help us to be uh, people or filled with the gospel. That we will never cease to proclaim it. Proclaim it boldly. Proclaim it um, clearly, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you would walk with us, help us throughout this week, that we would be creating opportunities to share the gospel with those around us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be thinking of ourselves. Help us to think of those who are around us, who God's judgment will fall on them one day. How terrifying is that? Stare, Lord, a new desire, a new love for sinners in our hearts, Lord. Give you the praise, we give you the glory. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.